Now, on this Invest Talk podcast, Steve Peasley listens to your questions and provides unbiased answers. The growth stocks are out of favor right now, and that's riskier. Invest Talk. Your participation makes it unique. 888 99 This is Invest Talk. Independent thinking, shared success. Justin Klein and Steve Peasley stand ready to take your finance and investment questions and share their unbiased answers. Invest Talk is made possible by KPP Financial, a registered investment advisor firm serving clients throughout the United States. The clarity for your path forward starts now. Here is KPP Financial President, Financial Advisor, Steve Peasley. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Tuesday, Jan, July 26, 2022. <clears throat> and of course, there's no uh, no doubt about it. We're dealing with a lot of volatility. And it's going to stay with us. Don't think it's going to disappear. We just have to learn to deal with it. And that's okay. You know, volatility does not always mean down, even though this year it's pretty much meant down. Uh, but it won't always be that way. So, but volatility is something you have to deal with, deal with even down volatility, and we've talked about that many times. So, I'm Steve Peasley, and I look forward, I look forward to doing this podcast, answering your questions, talking to you about the market and stocks or anything financial. You know, I will always provide the best unbiased answers I can, I can do. So, I don't have a hidden agenda. The only agenda we have is we do this show for not only education, but also to make it our name out there. We love, we manage money. We'd love to manage yours. But, you know, that's 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 not the main dra- purpose of the show. The main purpose of the show is to share with you how to manage your money in this kind of market or any kind of market, really. So there's no agenda I'm pushing. I don't have that. So those are the goals I have, to teach you how to deal with the pitfalls the volatility of the stock market. Okay, and and today it's very different. You know, we've talked about it. Uh, the the environment we're in, we're in a rising interest rate environment. The Fed's meeting tomorrow. He's going to raise the the interest rates again, and it'll probably be a point seven five, three quarters of a percent. Uh, it's the most. That's what most experts are calling for, and it probably is going to happen. Uh, so we got to deal with that. Inflation, we're going to get some inflation news later out. The PCE number will come out. Now, the Fed already has the PCE number, but it hasn't been released to us. They get that information a day or two before we do. But it hasn't been released, but it's coming out, I think, on Thursday. I think that's it. And we're going to get the second quarter GDP number on Thursday. So we're going to have some inflation news and GDP news for second quarter and you know, uh, I saw that market watch was saying it's going to be three tenths of one percent up growth, and but many are predicting one one and a half percent down shrinkage, and shrinkage means we have had two quarters because we shrank one point six percent in the first quarter. So if we get any shrinkage, that means we're in a recession. Now I know it's not the normal recession. I'll agree with that. Because we still have pretty good employment numbers, not unemployment numbers, but employment numbers. They're good. So it's a different kind of recession, but it is a recession. That's how we define it. Okay? So we have to deal with all that. So I want you to give me a call. 
I invite your phone calls. The number is always the same, 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. Let's get right to our first question. Hi, Duncan from New York. Thank you for all that you do. I would like to revisit a investing thesis. I currently have this ETF, Veggie Shares, B-E-G-I, and I also have a couple of uh, individual stocks from Veggie Shares. FCX and Mosaic. And I just wanted to ask you just whether or not you think this is a good trade to just continue investing in. Uh, I have a lot of energy stocks, but I do know that with the war going on in Ukraine, I just wanted to see if this would be a good option to kind of invest in. Thank you very much and looking forward to the answer. Bye. Well, I think so. Uh, This is VEGI. An ETF, Exchange Traded Fund, seeking performance correspondence to the MSCI Select Agricultural Producers Investable Market Index. So it's an index, tracking an index. And it had a really good run all this year, right? Really good run, uh, peaked around 50, then fell down to like 37 or so. Now it's back to 40. So um, this was, you know, you, things just don't go straight up. As you know, in the marketplace, they, they, you know, go up and down, up and down. But you're looking for the trend. And I would say they found support about 37, 38 in the chart, if you're reading the chart. So I think this is a good time if you wanted to get into it. Probably be a good time to get into it. I don't know if I'd sell it at this point. When it maybe gets back up to 50, which was its high, that might be a time to take some off the table, but not here. Okay? Appreciate the call. My focus point today is based on a story behind the headline. There is good news and bad news about stock market valuations. So we're going to talk about this. It's a very interesting article. The market valuation has improved considerably since the first of the year. One of the reasons is because the market stock prices went down while earnings continue to come in makes valuations look more attractive. But is it attractive enough? That's what we're going to talk about. So and if we have time, I got other things. Why Congress is ready to pass a corporate welfare bill. We talked about it. It's called the CHIPS Act. Now I want to talk about it again. 3M, did you see what 3M did? The, the, the stock spiked today. Why did that happen? Did you see the news? I'm going to share that with you. Recession fears are rising Okay, recession fears are white rising. The wealthy are borrowing lots of money while recession fears are rising. Why would they do that? The wealthy people, wealthy people borrowing lots of money while recession fears are rising. This has been reported in the last quarter, this article I read today. And I thought I'd share that with you as to why that's happening. So, 888-99-CHART is our number, 888-992-4278. We're going to have a massive amount of economic news out today, a massive amount. So, be prepared for that this week. Uh, My trivia question uh, concerns the yield curve at the halfway point of the show, the yield curve. We've talked about many times, Justin's talked about it, I've talked about it, but where did it come from? We're going to look at it like from an historical take on it. That's coming up on the halfway mark. The market fell today. The Dow was down 229 points. The NASDAQ down 220. The NASDAQ fell harder than the 
that's the Dow, and then that and the S and P five hundred down forty six. So not a very happy day. I don't think the market's going to do anything dramatic until after the Fed announces whatever they're going to do. And it may, if they come out with what everybody expects, is the market won't react too much to that either. And I think you know if if they surprise the market. Either way, either let's say they surprise by not raising interest rates, the market will react vol- volatile to that. If they come in with one percent raise instead of the three quarters percent everybody expects, the market will not like that at all. Okay, so either way, you know, if it comes in as expected, eh, I don't think I think the market's already prepared for that. We're headed into a break. I welcome your finance and investment questions. You can do that right now. The number is never the number never changes. Never has changed in 20 plus years, 22 plus years. 888-99 chart. Why do listener questions make Invest Talk better? Which of these would you recommend? Because each caller presents fresh questions in their voice. I was curious if you still think aluminum has a ways to go from here. When do I know the right time to take profits? Should I be looking for an exit? Should I be holding here? And listeners instinctively realize that Invest Talk uniquely offers a welcome dose of investing satisfaction. I think you have a terrific show, and I've learned a whole lot. Hey guys, love your show. Uh, I've been listening for several years now, and I've learned a lot. Justin Klein and Steve Peasley understand what investors need and want. I would look at it from a tax perspective. If there's no tax implications, move on, find better ways to use that money. I'm going with the odds. I think a half position now would at least get you in it and get you watching it so you won't lose track of it. Don't forget to call Investor. 888-99-CHART. No two portfolios are alike. And every investor has a unique set of circumstances. The best way to get answers that correspond with your situation is for you to submit your questions to Steve Peasley and Justin Klein. The 24-hour listener line never closes. So don't forget to call InvestTalk. 888-99-CHART. Hey, Steve or Justin. This is Riley from Maryland calling. I was wondering... Why exactly Robinhood is a bad investing platform? I've heard it a thousand times, but I still can't really seem to tell what the downside is. They have a very accessible platform. I find it a lot easier to read than any of my other platforms. I'll listen it on the show. Thank you. Well, there's I have a number of reasons why I don't care for it, but uh, the easy to use part is good. I don't have a problem with the easy to use part. But that is also part of a problem. Too easy to use. People buy and sell thinking they're, you know, wheeling and dealing. They're in the market. They know what they're doing. They're buying and selling, buying and selling, buying. That's not the way to invest. You don't invest that way. Uh, the, the, the app itself makes it extremely easy. Also, I don't think you get very good prices. Okay. So when you, there's, you know, when someone is offering to sell a stock, they put a price on it. And someone is offered to buy a stock that, that they put a price on. So it's a bid and ask. I want this money. I'm asking for this money for my sh- my per share. This guy said, well, I'm offering this much money. Bid and ask. Bid and ask. The difference between that two, those two, it's called the spread. Okay? It could be a penny. It could be 25 cents. It's usually pretty tight, usually. Well, 
I, I, I have seen, I have seen their app having a very uh, different spread sometimes, which means to me that somehow they're benefiting from the spread. And how can you benefit from the spread? What if you own a million shares of ABC company and you can offer it to want the bidder and the ask, you know, if you sell it, then you can turn around and buy it back and sell it. You can you can play that game. There's nothing illegal about that. And I'm worried about that. I don't know if that's happening because I haven't been able to look that up. But I just, there's various reasons to why I don't like their app. Okay, but, you know, in some ways it's good. It makes people interested in investing. In other ways it's bad because, as I said, they think it's easy. So I just buy this stock and they have no idea what they're buying or why. And that bothers me. You need to, you need to have some knowledge. Okay, that's all. We're heading to another break. I'm sorry about that, but we have to do that. But when people take... But we... Be, before we do that, though, when people take the time to leave an Investop podcast review on iTunes, we'd like to thank them for their courtesy by getting to their questions quickly. So here's Dino. I have heard KPP parallel investing strategy explained many times, but how does same percentages at the same time work for both Steve and Justin when they are in different age brackets and maybe different risk groups? Good question. Would Justin have a higher percentage in the more aggressive programs and Steve in the more moderate programs? And that's exactly right. So I have much more money in the more moderate programs than Justin does. I have much more money, but I have, as a percentage, much more money in the more moderate programs, even though I have money in aggressive as well. And Justin wouldn't have any interest in the more moderate programs, the balanced income program, which is half bonds, half dividend-paying stocks, or the stable income, which is just a, a bond ladder with a bunch of bonds in it. He wouldn't have any interest in that. Too young. And if you were young, you shouldn't either. But he has lots of interest in the other three, which are... You know, two stock programs and a uh, stock program with options. So, yeah, we do have different risk uh, profiles. But that doesn't mean we're not in all the programs. We are. Remember, if I might have a million dollars in this stable program and only 300000 in this growth stock program. Well, everybody in that growth stock program will get the same price, same time, same as me, same as Justin, we all, 3% of our portfolio, well, no matter what size it is, to buy a stock. And so, you know, that's how we know we're getting the exact same price to the same percentage of the portfolio, no matter how what size the portfolio is in that program. Okay? Now, overall, you know, I have five, five accounts in the various five programs we have. You add them all up, and I got lots of money in the market, right? But more exposed to the aggressive, more exposed to the conservative, and much less exposed, exposed to the aggressive. Justin would be just flip that around, right? Good, good question, though. Appreciate it. I hope that hope that I hope I explained that well. Okay, let's get back. Uh, we, we're gonna we're gonna get back. We're gonna get, we have to take a break right now. Eight 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 ninety nine chart. Eight 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 nine nine two four two seven eight. Be right back. The stock market is volatile. It's constantly changing. So how are you positioned? 
Is your portfolio properly balanced, or are you taking unnecessary risks? You can get guidance anytime for free if you go to investtalk.com and take the brief Riskalyze quiz. 888-99-CHART. Love to talk to you. Any financial questions, we'll talk about. So, the good news about the stock market is about valuation. The valuations have improved significantly. The bad news is the stock market is still not inexpensive. So, you know, you can't. So, what, what will make the market cheap? Well, let's say the market continues to just trade sideways. Earnings keeps coming in from corporations every quarter. So that will make the market less um, less uh, overpriced or make it more um, more of a value proposition. But right now, you're looking at various, for instance, the P.E. ratio. Okay, uh, a month ago, it was 18.96. Beginning of the year, it was 20.81. Uh, the cap ratio which is another type of P.E. ratio with using 10 years looking back as far as earnings. And uh, beginning of the year, it was 32.51. Now it's a 29.32. So what should the regular P.E. ratio, what is a long-term average for P.E.s? Not the cap P.E., but the regular P.E. Remember, I told you it was 18.96 a month ago. It's 15. So 18.96 is not cheap. The cap ratio, anything over 20 is high price. It's at 29, down from 32 and a half. You see what I mean? It's not cheap, okay? It's not cheap. Now, one of the things Warren Buffett likes is use the, uh, the, the capitalization of the market divided by the G, uh, GDP. Well, that's improved too. Uh, uh, beginning of the year, is 1.72. Now it's 1.58. But anything above one could, could be considered pricey. So don't think that it's cheap. It's just much better than it used to be. I know when people were talking to us last year, calling up and asking about stocks, and last last year and the year before, we Justin and I were telling people, oh, this stock is overvalued. This stock is overvalued. You probably got tired of hearing about this stock is overvalued. Well, that what we're looking at is long-term relationships between earnings, sectors, and ratios that we are looking that we know exist and that the based on those the price of those stocks or that sector is overpriced or the market itself and that's one of the reasons why we mentioned starting last year into the beginning of this year maybe you need to move to value stocks value stocks and the value stocks have held up very well out of your growth stocks or at least cut them back dramatically but no one really likes value stocks. They always want growth, 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 growth. How do I know that? Because of the calls we get on the show. So, I mean, predominantly growth stocks, not value. So, where should you go now? Well, some of the growth stocks, not too many, but look pretty attractive at this stage. But they're going to be a lot more volatile than the value stocks. I still would lean on value stocks pretty heavily. Okay, let's keep things moving. Here comes another caller question from 888-99-CHART. Hey, Steve and Justin. Uh, I was looking to get some gold exposure. I wanted to see if you guys could touch on a company you guys talked about in a previous ep- episode. It's called Agnico Eagle Mines Limited, tickers AEM. 
Um, it looks like it's reaching some support. It also looks like it's continuing to go downward. Uh, I was just looking to see if this is something that I should uh, be looking at or keep on my watch list. Uh, looking forward to your answer on the show, and thanks as always. Well, I would say yes. Uh, and Agnico Eagle Mines, uh, symbol AEM, and we happen to own this stock in some of our managed accounts. It's a Canadian company engaged in the production, development, and exploration of gold. Okay, they're going to make $2.31 this year and $2.21 next year. It's a $39.48 stock. And, of course, earnings will depend on what gold prices are, right? I mean, that's basically what it depends on. They pay a 4.1% dividend. Management owns 1%. Mutual funds are buyers. In the last year, 200 mutual funds have put put this uh, on in their portfolio. There's 1,662 mutual funds and institutional investors right now. Last quarter, sales grow 40%. Okay, uh, quarter before that only grew 2%. Before that was shrank 1%. Again, it depends on where gold prices go, right? And gold hasn't done much at all this year. But this is a fifth, the five-year P.E. ratio is 16 to 152. And what's the P.E. ratio right now? 16, 16 and a half or so. So I, I think it's a good value. Great cash flow. It's a $18 billion company, so it's solid. So that's why one of the reasons why we like it. Okay, anyone who listens to Invest Talk on a regular basis has often heard me or Justin refer to the yield curve. The yield curve we talked about it a lot. Recently, I ran across a Chicago Fed publication that looked at the history of the yield curve and the yield curve control in the United States. Now, it's a complicated topic, everybody. It is complex. I'll try to make it simpler so we all can understand what's going on. So, this is the question. When, as in which year, did the Federal Reserve first implement a form of yield curve control? Trying to control it. At the break, I'll supply the answer. But for now, my phone lines are be- are open. They're wide open. I encourage you to give me a call. 888-99-CHART. Let's say you've been thinking about learning a new language. Okay. Why? I mean, how would it come in handy? And where would you want to use it? Could it be that you have an upcoming international trip? Or maybe you want to connect with family members or friends from a different culture? I think you should know about Rosetta Stone. With millions of users, it's been the world's most trusted language learning program for 30 years. Rosetta Stone is available on your desktop or as an app with audio companion and the ability to download lessons offline. Rosetta Stone truly immerses you in the language you want to learn. It has a built-in, patented speech recognition engine called True Accent. So as you practice speaking, you'll get feedback on how well you pronounce words. With Rosetta Stone, you pick up a language naturally. First with words, then phrases, then sentences. It's an intuitive process designed for long-term retention. You really learn to speak listen, and think in your new language. Rosetta Stone is an amazing value, so your special skill set is within easy reach. You know you want to do this, so don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, InvestTalk listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. 
That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off now at rosettastone.com today. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the internet. As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, AI red teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use, and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's Attack Resistance Platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E.com. HackerOne.com. I host the Invest Talk podcast. I have the satisfaction of taking caller questions and then breaking down the often complex dynamics involved. If you've never called, don't hold back. You can leave your Invest Talk questions on the 24 7 anytime listener line at 888 99 chart. Okay, before the break, I had a trivia question about the Federal Reserve and the yield curve, their efforts to control the yield curve. Okay, when and what, in other words, when, when, in what year, did the Federal Reserve first implement a form of yield curve control, trying to control the yield curve? It was 1942. The Federal Reserve helped the U.S. Treasury to finance the war debt. They pegged the short-term interest rate, the short-term one, the tre- short-term Treasury bill to a certain interest rate, T-bills, so it's fixed at a certain rate, low. The Fed also capped the longer-term Treasury securities. So this, this doing this gave them a good test case is what benefits or detriments does it do to the economy and so on and so forth. So the FOMC, which is the Federal Open Market Committee, uh, recently noted that they took a look at this, studied this, and they also studied something some more attempts by uh, different government reserve comp- countries like Japan and Australia trying to do the same thing. And they came away with a number of opinions. Okay, um, One is, yield curve control can cause a central bank to lose control of the size and maturity distribution of the government securities holdings. Okay, So trying to control the interest rates, to control it, is, 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 is got, it's got problems for for the economy, it will present it, it distorts things, and we saw a distortion in the last few years, right? With the Federal Reserve lowering, lowering, lowering the rates, and then some 
some uh, central banks around the world making them go negative, that's distortion. That really screws up. And look what the Federal Reserve has to do now. What did it do for us here in the United States, I think, is one of the culprits for, for inflation. Well, I think that's what happened, one of the reasons. So as long as investors are unwilling to hold treasuries because the Federal Reserve keeps them really, really low, they'll look for other ways to invest that money. And that's why the Fed did that, to make them look for other ways to invest, to invest their money, take higher risks, or borrow money that they don't need because it's cheap, stuff like that. So it's a problem. And if you want to learn more and try to learn about, about this topic, uh, you can send me an email request and I'll get you the uh, Chicago Fed link that you can read this. Okay? Okay, let's get back to Invest Talk Voice Bank for a question that came in earlier from a listener in Texas. Well, hello. Good morning. This is Austin from Texas. So I am calling with a question for either Steve or Justin. Thank you guys so much for everything you do been listening for a couple of years now, but I, uh, this is the first time I've ever called in. And I was looking for the right question, but I think I'm going to start with uh, one regarding reverse split. So let's say you own 100 shares of a company, and that, that company does a 1 to 10 reverse split. What would that mean for the shareholder of that asset? Also, I'm basing this off of news this morning that Sundial Incorporated, S-N-D-L, ticker. I didn't put money in there that I was, you know, completely willing to lose, but I, I threw like 40 or $50 in there just randomly months ago. And this morning they announced that they were doing a 1 to 10 reverse split. So say I did have more than 100 shares. Either way, what does that mean for the shareholders? Thank you so much for your time, and I look forward to listening to your feedback on this question. Thank you. Okay, so we know what a stock split is, a regular stock split. Not a reverse split, but it's a regular stock split. Google, uh, Amazon just recently did those, right? That means if you had 100 shares and they do a five-for-one stock split, instead of having 100 shares, you have 500 shares, and the stock price will get cut by five times. So the value of that uh, your holdings is no change. A reverse split is just the opposite. If you have 100 shares of a stock and it reverse splits one to 10, that means you don't have 100 shares anymore. You have 10 shares now. And the stock price goes up by tenfold. That's what that means. So the value of your holding didn't change, but the number of shares you have does. Now, step back a little bit and what is going on there? Why would they have a reverse split? Because the stock price is too low. Okay, uh, for instance, uh, Sundial Growers, which you, SNDL, simple stock, is valued at two dollars and twenty-eight cents, and it's traded. Uh, it's traded on the Nasdaq. Nasdaq have a, has a minimum price. I, uh, I'm, I'm not sure, but I think it's five dollars now. Five dollars a share. So if your shares are under five dollars. NASDAQ tells you, you got to get your shares price up or else we're going to delist you because that's one of their requirements. And so how do you do that? Well, you can reverse split and get the stock. you, you got to make an effort to get that price up. And one of the ways is reverse split. 
Okay, so I hope that explains what a reverse split is. So what else? Um, oh, I was going to say reverse splits. I already did talk about reverse splits. Um, a reverse split is negative, whereas regular stock split is positive. That's perceived to be negative and positive, right? So generally, the stock price will go down on a reverse, reverse split and go up on a stock split. Now, we talked about Congress last week uh, thinking about passing a $52 billion uh, bill to, for chip companies called the CHIPS Act. Okay, uh, it's why are they doing that? Okay, why? One of the reasons is it's because remember you know Intel and all those companies they make tons of money. They they it has nothing to do with their health. It has everything to do that our market uh, our part our U.S. share of the chip market was forty percent not that many years ago, and now it's twelve percent. So we are reliant on foreign chips. We know that. We know we're relying on a lot of Asian chips, right, chip makers. So the Congress thinks that is a security risk, a national security issue. Well, personally, I don't think we should be spending $52 billion of our dollars, give it to the chip industry, who already makes tons of millions of dollars, right, hundreds of millions of dollars, I don't think that's a good idea. Why don't you just make them, you know, punish them for, punish them tax-wise for not producing chips in the United States? Why not do it that way? Punish them with taxes, extra taxes, for moving their chip production outside our borders if they're U.S. corporations. I don't know. There's just seems like it's enough, you can do this a different way than just giving them cash or subsidies. Subsidies is nothing but this is corporate welfare. I don't like corporate welfare. I really don't. And you, you know, I know people think I do, but I don't. I really don't like it. Did you see what happened to 3M today? 3M. Well, I want to talk about that before the end of the show. But first, let's go to Missy. Missy. Um, oh, she had a she left an iTunes review. Uh, would you buy, sell, or hold XPEV? Purchased it in October, uh, but have a feeling for the but don't have a feeling for the stock. Let's take a look at it. XPEV. Okay, uh, this is a Chinese company that designs, manufactures, and markets electric vehicles. Okay, it is an ADR, in other words, Chinese stocks trading on our exchange. Um, so, uh, da, 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 da. they don't make money, have never made money, not going to make money this year or next year. They're going to lose 62 cents next year. That's less than a dollar three per share. They're going to lose this year. Sales are growing very well though. Sales. It's a $24.39 stock. So it's a total speculation stock based on the number of sales. I don't buy these kinds of stocks. I don't buy stocks that don't make money and this doesn't make money. Okay, it got as high as $70, $70 and something cents, $74 uh, back in 2020, September, but now it's 24 Not my, It's got as low as about 18 That's the bottom. 
is now 24 hours. It's just not my cup of tea because I don't buy stocks that don't make money. So I wouldn't buy this stock. Stay away. You know, you really need to learn how to manage a portfolio of stocks. That doesn't mean you can't have stocks like this in your portfolio. I'm not saying that. But this should be the exception, the rare stock in your portfolio. Okay? The rest, all, most of that portfolio, may, may, what, 90% or more, will be in good, solid companies, making money, growing sales, not overpriced, you know, having those basic fundamentals that we like. Okay? Yeah, it can have some growth. I don't mind growth. I like growth, as long as I'm not overpaying for it. But here... It doesn't make any money. Of course you're overpaying for it. What's it worth? It doesn't make money. What's it worth? You're based on the number of sales it has, and that is growing very strong. So you're hoping that it will turn a profit, which it probably will. But when, I don't know. Uh, so, um, let's see. Um, you know, with every every show, I try to take a little time out to talk about us, um, us meaning KPP Financial. I think it's worth a minute or two to tell you or possible, you know, tell you our audience uh, what we can do for the possibilities of what we can do for you. We like to remind everybody that uh, that at KPP Financial. We operate with a philosophy of independent thing and shared success, and we implement that by using by having unbiased guidance. We don't owe any allegiance to anybody, any large corporations, Goldman Sachs, or anybody that like that. And believe it or not, a lot of people in our industry do. Okay, you're not necessarily totally independent. Even though there might be an independent investment advisor, they're not totally independent. But we are totally independent. We also practice, practice parallel investing, meaning we buy the same things for ourselves as for our clients. We like to be on the same side of the table, and we don't buy things that we don't buy for ourselves. We don't buy things for anybody unless we're willing to put our own money into it. And we do that at the same price, same time, same percentage of the portfolio. So we're all, you know, I my my money is riding along with yours. If I don't make money for me, uh, you don't make money for you, or vice versa. We're all in pain, right? So I'm very focused on making money for all of us. Justin and I are. So I encourage you to take our free uh, offer of taking a look at your portfolio. We'll review it and give you an assessment of it. Be happy to do that. And we can do that through telephone, Skype, or go to meetings, you know, any kind of that kind of software we can use. I'm a telephone guy. Justin's more of the Skype and go to meetings guy. I'm, you know, I'm old school. Sorry about that. Send us a message through investdot.com. You can send me an email, send just an email, whatever, and we will get back to you. We promise that. Okay, so don't think we won't. We will. So, well, let's see. Um, you, know, you know, I've been doing this for 22-plus years, and at this point, I really do want to help you. We'll help you. I promise we'll help you best we can. Okay, so give us a call. Next up, we'll be have another caller question from 888-99-CHART. 
Why do listener questions make InvestTalk better? Which of these would you recommend? Because each caller presents fresh questions in their voice. When do I know the right time to take profits? And listeners instinctively realize that InvestTalk uniquely offers a welcome dose of investing satisfaction. I think you have a terrific show, and I've learned a whole lot. So don't forget to call InvestTalk. 888-99-CHART. Hey, Steve. Hey, Justin. My name is Khalil. I've been listening to you guys a little bit over a year now, and I have a couple of questions. So I am 24, and I've kind of listened to everything you guys said. I kind of spread my money around. Don't leave it at just one sector. A question for you. So my girlfriend, we've been getting a little serious now. It's been over three years, so I am thinking about popping a question. She has a daughter, so I am thinking about purchasing a home. Even though I don't necessarily need to purchase a home, I just think you'd be a little bit of a better investment instead of me throwing the money into renting. So I want to see what you guys think. If that if it's better for me to go ahead and just do as I say, get a 15-year mortgage or get a 30-year mortgage for a little bit more money um, uh, towards transfer, especially since I'm a little younger. I don't have too too many um, uh, things that I have to worry about right here financially. And I'm in sales, so I'm getting 80 to 100K this past three years. Hopefully, it's still going to be the same. So just a, a couple questions for you guys. And thank you so, so much. I appreciate all your help throughout the years. Take care. Bye-bye. Okay. Um, I like owning a home. I think it's a good, solid investment. It diversifies you away from the stock market into real estate. So I like the idea of owning your own property, your own house. Uh, Some people will say, well, gee, interest rates are really high or prices are really high. You know, that's all true. I think if you wait a little bit longer, I think prices of homes will get better, right? Uh, but again, if, well, how good of investment will always depend on the location. It's all, when you talk about real estate, it's all about location. Where is it? I don't, you know, I don't know where you are, but where is it? But I think it's a good, solid investment, especially if you're having a family and you, you, know, you want your family to be stable in-house. Um, I would do a 30-year mortgage instead of 15, and I'd pay extra on that 30-year mortgage. So I'll have it paid off in 15. Why? So that I can... If I have trouble with your in sales, if you have one year where you're short, you know, on your sales commissions, you can always lower your payment to the 30-year fixed rate and have a little bit more breathing room. That's all. On the next Invest Talk, the story behind the headline, before you chase dividends, here's what you need to know. That's tomorrow. For now, I'm Steve Peasen. I'm ready to take your questions live here at 888-99-CHART. Give me a call. You are listening to Invest Talk. Every Friday on the program and the podcast, Steve Peasley shares highlights from the newest edition of the KPP Premium Newsletter. Listen Fridays to Invest Talk. And now, Steve and Justin welcome your calls and questions. 888-99-CHART. Okay, thanks for holding, Jacob. Jacob and Bay Area, how you doing? Good, how you doing, Steve? Good, thank you for the call. Yeah, I was wondering what you think of uh, Newmont Gold. I own it. I know it uh, got hit after earnings came out the other day, and I know the dollar's been strong. Yep. But I want to know what you think of the company. It's 5% dividend and just gold in general. The dividend is pretty safe because their cash flow is really strong, okay? Uh, $6 a share cash flow 
and the dividends, uh, what, for almost 5%, a little bit less than 5 So, you know, $46 stock, so it, the dividend is probably pretty darn safe. They don't have a lot of debt. The valuation is pretty good. They're going to make $3 a share next year after $2.94 this year. And it's a $46 stock. So the PE range is 16 to 84. And what is that? Three and uh, um, three, about 15, 16. So it's right at the low of its range now. Um, I, I wouldn't let go of it. I, I hold it for the dividend. And I think that the dollar will weaken. And that should support you know, a higher price for gold and therefore a higher price for new amount mining. But we haven't seen it this year. It's all been kind of a kind of not a very good investment this year. You know, I, we have those. You know, I mean, we, we're suffering right along with you on this one. Um, let's see. Make sure that, uh, yeah, we own this in some of our managed accounts, Newmont. So we're holding on to it. Okay, appreciate would you it. Buy more? Thanks for the, uh, Would I buy more? Let's see. Uh, not right here because it's kind of in the middle of no man's land. As far as technical support, um, I mean, it could go all the way down to in the you know mid thirties, and that's where you buy more. But I think it, it should start to bounce here shortly, right around forty dollars a share. It's at forty six. If it doesn't turn around now, that it starts to get into support right around forty. Okay, appreciate the call. Thank you. 888.99 chart, everybody. Okay, 3M, MMM, they are spinning off, spinning off their medical supplies business. And what did that do to the stock? Made it shoot up. Now, they're going to retain about 20% of that spinoff. So if you own Newmont Mining, you're going to end up with Newmont, uh, not Newmont, 3M. If you own 3M, when they spin off their medical devices uh, portion, you'll now have two stocks, 3M and the other company, whatever symbol they, you know, signed it. Now this is a this this is a pretty big company. I mean, they have you know billions in sales in the supply the medical supply business. Billions. It's not small. Okay, and. This is kind of a trend for three with for big conglomerate type companies. They're they're spinning off big divisions of them to refocus on what they do. What this will do for 3M? Remember, they're going to keep 20 percent, but they're selling off 80 to the public. That puts that money in their pocket. Okay, so they can take care of all their debt if they don't want any debt. They can do that, or they use it for expansion of the core business that they want to do. I mean, it gives them a lot more freedom and. The the investors like this a lot, okay? I mean, the stock went up, what, 5% today? You know, uh, so remember, they're spinning off. So what's the value of what their spinoff is? We don't know. So the stock is selling, for instance, the stock is selling for $140 a share right now. If the, the value of the spinoff could be $40 a share. So you'll end up with a $100 share for 3M and $40 a share for the spinoff, $140 as it is today. That is, you know, in a in a perfect world, what would happen? Okay, of course, you know, remember, it depends on what the investors value each unit as after the spinoff. We don't know. Okay. I, 
Okay, I guess I don't I don't have time to get to my third talking point. We're going to have Q2 earnings um, GDP numbers out this week. That'll tell us we're in a recession. We'll see. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Invest Talk program. Justin Klein and I thank you for listening, and we encourage you to tell your friends and family members about our free podcast downloads. You know, you can get your downloads anywhere, basically. But we like iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. And if you get a download from iTunes, please rate us. We would love a positive rating. But you can rate us any way you want. It helps uh, it helps our profile get our name out there. Independent thinking, shared success. This is Invest Talk, everybody. Have a great night. Invest Talk is a trademark of KPP Financial. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them. Specifically, nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell security. Because such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. Invest Talk is a copyrighted program of Klein, Pavlis, and Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor firm which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein is chief executive officer of Klein, Pavlis, and Peasley Financial. Thank you for listening and your comments and questions are welcome on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.